We saw the Gemara in Chulin on Kufyid Beis, where Rav Nachman Amashmul said, if you cut the bosser and blood came out on the bread, apparently happened not infrequently. So what do you do? So Shmuel had the minig. He held to his usser, and the minig part is what he did with it. He gave it to a dog, as we mentioned. Dog will be prominently highlighted in the sugya, bein letayv, bein lemutav, as we'll get to part of it tonight. Uh, they're given the reward, and easy to explain. He holds that you can't give it to a yid, because it's usser, either the usser marasayin, or wasn't roasted enough, and the blood's still usser. And he gave it to the dog. Why didn't he sell it to a guy? So we finished the share last night with the Chiddush of the Arsameach, which he says is an Eshkol. He's bringing a riot to it. He had three riots. And one of them was this Gemara that he couldn't sell to a guy because he'd be doing Schaira. And that's also Nobody asked me last night, so why doesn't he give it to a guy? That's an Issa Dereis Allah Sichanim. So. If you so, if it's a teralus hashaylis, if you're doing that, uh, would that be? Well, often the teralus is that it's really like trading because the neighbor he did you a favor, now you're doing him a favor. We don't. I agree. We don't necessarily say that it's a schayer. The question is, why isn't this whole thing nizdamin? So the chiddush over here is that since you caused it, it's not nizdamin, even though you caused it by accident. We'll have uh, mitzvah Shem some occasion. Perhaps to go back to that, that's uh, in Hilchus uh, Schaira of uh, Trey for Food, which is a uh, very common shaila. That's uh, something that can play a role. For right now, that was Shmuel Shita, Rav Huna, and we'll go back. That's why I'm repeating this, besides the quick Chazara, is the tie-in with Lishitasam. Rav Huna didn't like it because he was an Istanist, and he gave it to a shamus who was Jewish, and the Gemara says, if it's kosher, why doesn't he eat it? Because he's an Istanist. Obviously, he held it was kosher, and he gave it to his Jewish shamus. And then Rava liked it so much, he ate it himself. So we have Rava and Ravuna held it was mutter, Abidin, Shmuel held it was Aser. So, as we'll see later, in a few weeks from now, when we get to the uh, Chuvas Ksav Sefer, maybe earlier, where that particular tshuva is a very famous tshuva. He treats the sugya, it's a short sugya. Rav Huna is quoted in Tainus once that and everything else is a kasha because the many is always to do it and everybody keeps emailing me about the lettuce they feed to their turtles and to their rabbits. So can we be miyash of the meaning? That's what we're going to try to do. And it comes up for anybody who has any type of pet. The dog is the least of the issue because at least one possibly can make the argument when it says the kill of Tash which is only with my trephus, is who had in other foods, which we will discuss when we get to the Ksav Sefer. What I didn't mention last night is the argument that if Ravuna says something, why wouldn't we hold of it? So either Kasav Ravuna, but that means nobody else agreed with the Chiddush. It's hard to say unless you have a Ferish Mandamra that argues. But this Gemara is Shmuel, and Shmuel fed it to his dog, which means he holds that you can give Michael to the behemoth, because otherwise, why not give it to a guy? So you say you can't sell it to a guy, there are some Chiddush, but like you say, you have neighbors, so give it for free. People are hungry then. They're a little red, little red bread, so what? So why don't you give it to the neighbors? The answer is that he held there's nothing wrong with giving it to a dog. So doesn't ask the question, so why not give it to the neighbor? The answer is he didn't have a neighbor that he had to give a gift to. So you're allowed to give it to a dog. You'll have to give it to the Gaisha neighbor. And he held it wasn't this or else giving human food to animals. And Rav Huna Lishitasai 
didn't do that, so he gave it to a shamus. Besides the fact that if you can give it to a yid and give stuck and the shamus hungry, it's a nicer thing to do. That's the, if you don't know of any other girsa, that would be a good conjecture in the Gemara, or maybe it's Lushitasam, and now we found the Mandama, Agzarfuna, at Shmuel. That would be very good. What makes it even more palatable and delicious, I say Geschmack, but delicious is uh, clear for the Americans in the Sugya. I'm going to just quote two lines. I didn't, it's in this copy. You know what? You have in this copy. Go to page eight for a moment. This is the Kshuvah's Ksav uh, Sefer, which we're not going to get to now. But I just want to show you, he quotes this Girsa from the Rashba. Look at footnote Gimel on page 8, in the main copy. You see, he quotes the Gemara in Gimel. Zelosh na Gemara, Marbnach Mavashmur, Kika Shachatach Labasa, Asalach Lashmur, Shadle Lekalbe. His dog, we'll get back to that soon. Ravuna Yavle Lashame, Manashachi Shari Lakuliam Shari, Asa Kuliam Asa, Shaina Ravuna Daanina Daite. That's where Agamar ends. The Gemara we read last night. That's the gears that we have. He is an instance. He didn't want to eat the bread with blood in it, and we can't blame him. Okay. Akan is our gears of Arashba Goras Achakach. So this is Beferish. Now it's no longer a theory. Rashba, at least according to this gears, Rashba Goras Achakach, Vilishadye Lakalbe. Gemara asks on Rav Huna, why give it to Yashamis? Why don't you throw it to the dog? To which the Gemara answers, which is Rav Huna Lishitasa from the original Gemara. So the Gemara spells it out according to the Rashmas Gears. So that makes it a lot more interesting and compelling that that is Lishitasa. Maybe Shmuel's arguing at that point. You can't prove it. Maybe Shmuel just gave it to his dog because it was easier than give it to a human. Maybe it's also. Uh, right. So that's a shy. Well, we don't know. That's the problem. We don't know why he didn't sell it to a guy. We have the Arasamech. Why didn't he give it to a guy? It's unless you have a good excuse. So you can't prove it. But the Rashba does have the gears. Uh, we don't know what Shmuel holds. Can't prove that he argues. But we do know, according to this gears, it's Afunul Shitas, this is Beferish. And even without that, it would have been a good theory and just interesting that the gears exist. What the Ksav Sefer is going to ask, besides the other things he discusses about this Rashba, which we're not going to do now, is what's the Kasha the Gamar give it to the dog? He gave it to a Shamas. He was a human being. He was a Yid. He was hungry. Shamas didn't make so much money. Then. And he gave it to him, sounds like, more than once. That means he was hungry and he was willing to have it. He was happy. He said, thank you. Why would you give it to... What's, why is the Kasha? Why give it to your Shamas, who's hungry? Give it to your dog. What's fair? The answer makes sense. Let's tell so. Oh, um, he holds you can't do that. But what was, what was the Kasha they're trying to address? Just think about that. That's, it's hard to me. We don't have the Gersa. According to Rashi's Gersa, what's the problem? What's bothering the Gemara? It's a very good Kasha. It's such a good Kasha because I'm safer is going to blab Tzarechin on it. But we'll get to that when we uh, get to it in a week or two. It'll uh, be hopefully sounding familiar. Okay, now we go to the uh, pet issues. Uh, the disclaimer over here, which all my disclaimers always get me very far, if people uh, would remember them, is we're not here to attack dog owners. In case there are any in the room, there's Zicha people listening who know people or might own dogs themselves. And... Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's a lot of hashkafa behind why there clearly was a minig, or if you don't say there was a minig, there wasn't a minig to have a dog. <laughs> Put it that way. However you want to say it, I'm trying to say it without attacking anybody. But Yidin uh, were happy when they could pay the bills, and if they had enough food for the family, that was great in Europe, and they really had actually, they had a dog when they had the need for protection. 
in which case it's going to be mutter if you don't have a shotgun and zemashayesh, or you had hunting dogs, which were needed for your panasa, or you had sheep dogs, which were also needed for your panasa, if it helped protect the flock. And the Amshar Shlomo is going to talk about that, but absence of those practical reasons, people didn't have pets in general, and dogs in particular, and there are a number of reasons why. What? Yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that tomorrow, right now. Right now. So, the, there's a reason I'll pee Nigla and possibly I'll pee Nister. We're not going to go into the Nister, but dogs, despite our kind words and our compliments for them and our tzivoy from the Chumash to reward them with Nevelas and Trefus or Trefus and maybe Nevelas once in a while. So, that is a Pusik. It's an interesting sugya. How, how much can we be against dogs if it's the only Pusik Chumash giving a tzivoy to support your local animals and that animal's a dog? So how can that be stuff? I'm a dog owner? I'm, I'm a shketa derisa every day? Twice a day? I don't want to oversell at this point. Uh, but it's something to think about. Like, if you don't limit it to trefus, they're generally feeding, dog owners are feeding their dogs nevelas because if they're feeding meat in that can, it's a nevela, not a trefa necessarily. But the Ksav Sefer later is going to make the argument that nevelas, trefas, give them the schar. It doesn't say anywhere as a tzivoy to buy food for them. But if you're already talking about buying food for something, so... Shouldn't there be an Indian? What would be wrong with buying for a dog? That's the defense of it. Nobody says that defense. I just mentioned that. Savage just points out that he don't think, doesn't think it's limited to trefers, even though Pusik only says it by trefers. It doesn't say get a dog so you can feed it every day and get this neresa. I just want to make that clear. I'm just offering a, a shot why that would be so. The other argument is the Sugyabaltash is a waste of money. You know how much dog food costs? You know how much they have insurance now, health insurance now for uh, pets. And if you don't have health insurance, by the way, I'm not going to sell you health insurance with this argument, but if you don't have health insurance, it costs you more if you want to pay for it. And I don't remember if this Shiloh came up, and I'm really, I don't want to start up a pet owners because people are very sensitive about this topic. It's almost like talking about politics. Uh, but uh, it's not uncommon that dogs get old, and if they get old, maybe I shouldn't use Hashem's name as such a... Uh, they get sick, and the end of life issues. I know that sounds for a non-pet owner. That sounds kind of funny, but I, I don't want to make total chayzig of it. I just want to make a little, just to put the balance, because I've been told, and I know the ones that are very normal. I know a couple of dogs, they're very normal, good people. Good. This is a little bit so. One fellow asked me the good news. He asked me. He said my dog is very old. And I was wondering why he mentioned that. And then he said, dog is very sick. I said, I'm sorry to hear that. That's the politically correct things to say. And it's probably also, no, it's correct to say because you don't have to have Rahmanas on the dog, although Rahmanas, the owner is feeling bad. So I really do mean, I'm sorry to hear that, that this is causing emotional turmoil. And I understand that dog is in the family a lot and they're attached to the family. I, I get that. You can have emotions for a cute little furry thing. I'm not... Not against that in concept. The question is where you spend the emotions and how much time you have to give to the dog and the kids and everything else. And that has to be balanced in a from person's lifestyle because as we have noticed, uh, balancing the kids and the learning and the panasa and everything is a big job. So you still can't answer based on that because people need a diversion, need a hobby. So I'm going to tell him you can't spend money on dog food because it's expensive. He said, look, this is like two nights in a restaurant for me or one trip in Hawaii. So this is how I spend my money. That's not, <laughs> if he's spending money, this is his pastime, it's his hobby. I, you can't really, 
uh, flag somebody on that, and they think it's cute, so you can't flag them on that either. Call me a liberal, but uh, that's not the biggest issue. I think if I keep on talking, I'm going to have both sides complaining by the end of this year, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to tread carefully over here. No, but I'm really trying to, like, I like to be down the Kaz The Shaila he asked me was, he has a serious machla, and he took the dog to the vet, and this guy, who happened to ask me, is a very normal, grounded guy for the most part, and he planned on, like, not really discussing it, bringing it to the animal hospital to, like, put it to sleep. Is that the correct way of saying it? And the doctor, what doctor, vet, whatever it's called, went through the roof. He said, that's inhumane, that's cruel, that's horrible, that's terrible. So what do you propose to do? He said, well, we have a whole thing of chemo, and it's a two-year process, and it's only $72,000, and it's, you know. It's a great panas. It's a very, uh, very good panas. But, and, and again, if you could heal the dog, Dog broke his leg and you put it in a cast. I don't know what they do for that. And you can put the dog out of pain and keep it alive. That's very nice if it's not too costly and not too costly in time. But there's room for that. We had Sabah Ham, Yimata Muksa for Sabah Ham of a cow, a fell on a burr. That's why I'm giving both sides of the story. But 22,000, 32,000, 72,000, whatever the number is, that's a lot of money to spend. Who has disposable income like that? So he didn't plan on doing it. And the guy was giving him a huge guilt trip. How can you not? And what, what kind of... It's not humane. It's not humane. He should slave away 14 hours a day working to pay for this, and that's humane. There's a... He has to work like a dog, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set myself up for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it, there's a balance here. And I, so it is a... Shailah, it's a poor dog's suffering. Yes. Uh, in this case... You probably, I'm chuyiv to, it costs, by the way, money to put him to sleep also. Everything costs. So if he would ask me, it costs $1,000 to put it to sleep and tens of thousands to run this thing, which will prolong his life and his quality of life, not quantity, and he could do mitzvahs and all sorts of things, whatever. You know, so yes, put the dog to sleep. Don't let the dog suffer. Matter of fact, somebody who's not here tonight, probably doesn't share it, said that he went to his backyard a couple of Sundays ago and there was some furry animal who was suffering. He wanted to know if he'd take his BB gun and shoot it. I didn't see it till later, and that's probably good. Um, so I don't know what happened, but I don't advise people going with BB guns and making noise with things that sound like they're shooting off things in their backyard, just in general, especially in this climate. But it's not a ridiculous question. The poor, the poor furry animal is suffering. So there is, you've got to remember the sukkah, Rachmav of the schar for the dogs. And with all that nice uh, exposure and the positive things of what dogs contribute to civilization, and they do have a purpose, everything has a purpose. Now we'll see the Amshel Shlomo. Take a single sheet. Yeah. No, that's Pasuk by Shabbos. You're recording a Pasuk by Shabbos. There was no Shvises by him, but by a Kelev general. They didn't really go hunting. The idea is that you're supposed to give to your... The idea is that you're supposed to be Mekayim by having a dog. No, I don't think that's... Well, it's not Mashayla. When it says Kalbe, it sounds like his dog. And that, that makes a big difference in the Sugi. Is there a difference in your animal and... And a hefker animal. That will make a difference. If you're talking about Hilcha Shabbos, is there a din of Shvisa's Behemta on every behemoth that could be or Yes. But it singles out those because those are the ones you were 
um, usually working with. The dogs were not really around unless you happened to have them for hunting. Jews didn't have dogs by and large. It just wasn't necessary for the Panasan. They didn't have it as pets. That that's clearly was the minic. With that said, there were people who did have it because the Gemara criticizes heavily those who have a kel of rab who had a kel of rab Either they had it for their hunting, but they didn't keep it on a chain, in which case the Gemara criticizes them. It's dangerous and it scares people. Or sometimes they had it as a pet. So it's not like the Gemara never entertained such an idea. And now we go to the Amshar Shlomo, who is one of the most famous Makairists and pretty early source to Marshall. What's a kel of We're going to decide that right now. We're going to figure that out. Look at the Amshar Shlomo. Everybody have the single sheet? Near it. So this is in the Suga Baba Kama, where it talks about damages and animals damaging in a kel of ra. So, Nira Dafka kel of ra, Nisan. Says, you're not allowed to be Megadal kel of ra. Kel of ra, let's assume right now, has teeth, is dangerous. And if not, on a leash could do damage. Avabastam kalavim la iris. The Marashal starts pointing out and saying, well, didn't mention anything about average temperament dogs. What's the opposite of a kel of ra, kel of toiv? Um, average uh, non-aggressive type. Uh, so that's what we're going to ask. Avabastam kalavim la iris. The dafka kel of ra aser mishum rav nasim. Kedalel parakama on tezvav amid beis. That's a pretty strong pusik for this. Somebody get hurt. So you have to have a maka, and you have to make sure your property's safe, so you can't have dogs that can bite people on your property. A short time is a short time, because your average docile shore doesn't gore people on a regular Tuesday afternoon, unless you go over to them with a red blanket and start taunting them. But otherwise, they usually mind their own business. And if it happens once, we're actually going to be down the kafschus this sure and say that if just in a bad mood and very circumstantial, it's never going to happen again. If it happens twice and three times, the machleik is about chazaka, then we get very nervous. A dog, a kelavra, is a kelavra, and you shouldn't have it walking around because Allah sasen dam vesacha. Kelav she'en mutalagado. One can make the argument that if it's a very uh, gentle one, it should be mutter. That's his suggestion. Let's skip down to the next bracket. heter. So as I mentioned, it's not just an American Mishagas, all of a sudden people have dogs. It's much more common. And it wasn't very common then, but already in the time of the Marshal, there were some people who had it, and he wants to know, he's not the only one, why is it not a direct violation of this Gemara that you can't be Magadol Kelavra, and Eli, as you said, uh, that Lechaira should include Kelav means Kelavra with teeth. And we're going to show soon it's not only the ones with teeth. And yet the Marshal says that some had it. The answer is, must be the hell that if they check it out and they uh, have a firm handle on the personality and the kaychus of this dog or lack thereof, and they're pretty comfortable it's not going to do any damage, then it's okay. Meaning, this chilek, that this kelev ra, and a kelev regular, or kelev toiv. Valzeh samchu linigheter. Mekamakam. Mehai lekeraya kokach. The dilma... Hi, Iri Bakaba Kaifrim. What he had quoted in the middle, by the way, um, I skipped just for the brevity of it, was that the, uh, there are enough sources in the Gemara that some Kalavim are okay, and one of them mentioned is a Kalav Kaifrim. What is that? Hainu Kalavim Katanim. So, any dog owners here? You know any dogs? Uh, I remember there was one when I was growing up that we didn't own, although I remember once asking my father for one. Um, he usually didn't give me such quick nose. 
but uh, I think it was a chihuahua, something like that, something like, was like five inches high. It's a cute little thing. At least it looked cute, and it could be they um, attack people all the time. Does anybody know what that is? Uh, it's so, so tiny little, uh, are they as uh, harmless as they look? But it attacked. Yeah, it was it barking on. at it, and the German Shepherd just picked it up in its mouth. <laughs> Somebody should give these chihuahuas some advice on who to pick on. It would help. But uh, I'm sure that what? Yellow by nature. So yeah, there's mechutzav and dumb because this nebuch, this one, never lived to tell the tale. But apparently, uh, Avi was here to make it eternal. So that's we're going to get to. We're going to answer the bark in a moment. You know, I just find it interesting. We've all had the occasion to be walking down the street, whistling and minding our own business. Maybe we weren't whistling because that's a separate shayla, but uh, just an expression. And um, whistling is not us, I'll be dead, but there might be some inyanim associated with it. And all of a sudden, a dog pounces out of nowhere. And even if you survived the incident, you had many conniptions that you could have done without. So... Usually the owner, if he's nice, will apologize and say, don't worry about it, I think he's very gentle, never hurt a soul. The problem is, is that he hasn't yet, or the owner's not being 100% truthful, or he hasn't hurt anybody yet, but he's given many people almost heart failure, Rahmul Islam, and that doesn't help. And he's going to get to that in a moment. There's the bark and the bite, and it doesn't help if you say that his bark is worse than his bite, because the bark can scare the living daylights out of people also, and that's a type of hezek. And it can lead to physical hezek, which the Gemara is going to say. So this kava kufrim is kloven ketanim, and they don't bark, and they don't attack, and they don't eat people, don't bite people. A kloven gedolim, shiragilim lotzidimam, were highly trained, these uh, hunt dogs, shagamkin emagilim lahazik. So you had huge dogs that were very good at helping you hunt, but were very careful of people, and these tiny little chihuahuas that uh, never hurt a soul and didn't bark too much. Obviously, you're saying they bark a lot. Okay. So, different type of dog. Meaning, only these exceptions that we know are true, tried and tested, that they don't bark, they don't scare people, they don't hurt people. So, you'll say, well, the dig is the other way. Meaning, stomp kelev is okay. Otherwise, why they use kelevra? And stam kelev shu menaveach it barks. I'll call me Shaina Makir, which is everybody else. Machmas nevichasa hu karira, not just the biting. Af Shaina neishech kemelisha farish lachem. Call ish yerei shamayim leigadol kelev. So he is aware that even in his time there were some people who owned them as pets, and he says he thinks an ish yerei shamayim should not do that unless he's sure ela kolavim kaifrim, which were probably at a premium in Europe and not that easy to get. And they're well-known, this type of breed, and the other ones that are either, again, used for hunting or the very small ones. Again, decoration in the house. You had them around the house. But that, these are the exceptions. Everybody else fits in the category of Kelerah unless you prove otherwise. Even though it doesn't bite necessarily, which is hardly a sure thing. And the barking scares people. It's not just the Isha. This is the worst example. People can have conniptions and really get bent out of shape. And there are people who faint when they're... A dog can be, and the owner might often say, to be down the kaschus on the dog, or maybe on the owner, 
the dog will sometimes, this has, I'm sure happened to a lot of you, the dog mamish gets up on, to, jumps on you, and he starts licking you, and the owner is felling because uh, he's trying to be friendly, and that's very nice. But the guy who's being attacked, who the owner says not being attacked, he's trying to show his ava, doesn't realize that that's how they show the ava all the time, and he's scared to death. And that can cause uh, ishima pelas is an extreme reaction, but that can cause uh, issues. And that's a problem. Even if the Matthias is, he's really a friendly dog and he's trying to show his love. But by the time he explained that to somebody, they already had a number of palpitations and that's not, uh, that's not good for the Jews. So that's in deference, again, my defense to the owners. The owners love the dogs and they see them as friendly and they might be friendly. But if everybody else doesn't know that and the people have a fear of dogs, it's not like, why are you so afraid of dogs? They often criticize, why are you so afraid of dogs? Why are you such a scaredy cat? I guess that's where scaredy cat came from, the cats are afraid of the dogs. Is that where it comes from? I don't know where that expression comes from, but uh, there are a lot of people in the human race who are very normal people who are scared of dogs. It's not a, not a criticism, and the Marshal stands behind them. Rashi says both reasons of Neisha Neishech u'minabeach u'mapalisha. Mashma the chash of lebetarti. There are two different reasons. Each one stands independently as a problem. Chaim evi ma'isa betama the sugizu she'echad hayashakal l'shine akelav. Gemara says a ma'isa where a guy was very nervous about people getting hurt, so he did his duty and he took out the teeth of the dog, which is not too nice to the dog, and it might be tzad by the chaim, whatever. I guess he needed the dog around the house for for looks, so he could put a sign, dog on property, don't break in, or something like that. But he took the teeth out. He didn't have anybody getting hurt. And the dog was carrying on barking, and she lost the baby off one of those So it's clear there's a bark and a bite, and they're two independent issues, and they're both a problem. Another issue also is just the fact that the dog exists, and he can bark or he can. Well, that's what we're saying. We're saying that dogs do what dogs do. And the jingle that they have around the next without them barking it scares the daylights out of me. Yeah, because you, if you hear the jingle and it's getting stronger as you stand there, that means he's heading to show you some ava. Uh, <laughs> the, the jingle, by the way, is I, I was told by some owners, I, I've discussed this with owners who are good, good people, and I don't think necessarily always making the right decision and how they realize it affects or don't realize it affects others, but I... I once heard that excuse. They said, no, no, we put the thing around to warn the humans they shouldn't get nervous. I said, what I just told you is that if I hear that thing getting louder and louder is coming to me, I don't get less nervous. And by the way, most of them are put on. They sell them because they're supposed to warn the cats. <laughs> Believe it or not, they're worried, about, they're worried about... They put those on cats to warn the birds. Now, I don't know, you know, there's a hierarchy in the Bria. And <laughs> you know, cats eat birds and, you know... If we would put bells on everything, not to attack everything else, all the animals would starve. So I once asked somebody that, and he said, yeah, it's a good kasha. We answer the kasha. We're interested in taking them all as pets so we can feed them. That's so absolutely ridiculous. I don't, so why? So one guy told me the truth. He says, I don't want them bringing carbonus to me and dead birds in the house. And I said, that I hear. You know, there's the truth, and then there's the, uh, the official reason. Okay, that I, that I understand. But I agree with you, Ellie. If you hear the, the jingle coming to you, um, that, might no, not, that might not calm you down. Why is that a consideration of the Gemara? No, the Gemara didn't have jingles around their thing. Do you think of a Petco? Maybe you have shares. What? The only can bark and bite. That's the only two things they did. They didn't have bells around there. You can have a dog that 
in theory, doesn't have teeth and, and, lost, and doesn't bark, but it's still going to scare somebody very much. Even without the bells. Even without, even, no, with them. You, you're right. Yeah. Some, yeah. Priya, that is, is okay, but the, the Gemara is saying at least, the Gemara is saying the, certainly a normal dog will bark and bite when it uh, feels like it's even to cut the teeth. The Gemara says it doesn't help. The hands off of the Paltigamaisa from the Gemara. This Maisa is uh, something, there are many things up in this are going on over here. Uh, obviously, the person, the lady who was Mapel, didn't know that they didn't have teeth, and it's pretty hard to tell a dog doesn't have teeth to get up very close, and that's why she got scared beforehand. If it's tied up, and you could clearly see it's tied up without getting scared first, Sadly, you'll ask on that. How do I know it's tied up by the time I see it's tied up? Okay, so you have to know if it's outside and you see right away, that might be a heter. Darish Kamken, hi, my disiv. And this is from the Gemara. It's rare for the Gemara to tell over such a mice. It sounds like uh, from the Svarim Akadashim. My disiv, Benucha, Yema, Shuvah Hashem, Rivas Alfa Yisrael. We all know the Pusik. So Rivas Alfa Yisrael is 22,000. Lametcha, Sha'en Shrin, Shara Yisrael, Pachas, Mishne, Allah, and Mishne, Revavas. You want a makam of Ashas Hashem's a certain level, you have 22,000 Jews. Go to the Siyam Ashas, wonderful opportunity. It was a rare event that 22,000 Jews together. So Mara says this, it brings a certain Ashras Hashem. Okay? What does that have to do with dogs? So you'll see the mice over here. So it's a pella. Hayuchasa Achas, there was once a mice, there were 21,999 Jews standing in one spot. This must have been the Siyam Ashas of Pumpadisa. I don't know when this happened, why this happened. It's hard to know. There's something going on here. But we're just going to take the push-up shot for the uh, dog issue here. They're missing one. And they thought they're missing one, but really there was one lady who was expecting, and they counted the Uber day. In Shemayim, they counted the Uber that that made it 22,000. Gavaldis, they're about to have the gift of the extra Siyat Hashemayah, whatever it's going to bring, because they had... 21,999, but they really had 22,000 with the Uber. Uh, at least they thought they something was going to be triggered in Shemayim. No, I, maybe it sounds like, um, yeah. It says, but last time I thought meant, okay, well, let's assume she's going to get, it's funny, I don't know where, it doesn't say where this was. Where is see that picture of 22,000 people at an event and the lady about to give birth? What is she doing there? Okay, whatever the shot is, the Okay. Point is that they were missing one. She lost the baby. And he drove away the Shechina. Now they only had 21,999. That's a pretty deep story. But the point is for the Pashup shot, you could do a lot of damage scaring people, and people have conniptions, and it can lead to worse and pregnancies, and it even drove away the Shekhinah, which means because the dog was around, they didn't have Siat HaShemaya. That's the moral of the story here. So he ends off with the balance. That's where I learned that from. Korcha Hanach Yisrael. Hanach Yisrael means, yeah, the people are dog, and if they pick the right one, they're sure it doesn't bark and bite, and there's room for the minig. But Ashrei Mishan Izzer. Yerushalayim, try to be very careful and err on the side of caution uh, not to have it if it's going to cause trouble. As he said, Yerushalayim, so he doesn't answer it, he just says, Yerushalayim, the Gemara seems to have two different issues, according to Rashi, and you've got to be very careful. And I think the mistake that is being made by good people, unless it's a tiny little dog, the very obvious, doesn't make noise, is that they love dogs, and they, it's, a, it's a hobby for them, it's very nice, and they think they're so cute, and maybe they are, but 
there are a lot of people, not just scaredy cats, there are a lot of people out there who get scared. So you're causing somebody Akamas Nefesh every time you walk down the block, and every time somebody rings the doorbell, every time a shulah comes, you've had that experience, they, the dog starts screaming and yelling and scratching at the door. And uh, Rav Iron, who used to do a lot of traveling when he started Lakewood and, and tried to fundraise to introduce the concept of Terra Lishma in America, he worked very hard all week for a tekufa. And he used to, heard this from Talmud, he used to complain about all the people in the doorbell, the dog would go mashuga and, um, you know, kind of lose the appetite. And uh, it, it turns people uh, off when they get very nervous when they're about to meet you and then they have to calm down. So... Does that make it an absolutist or no? Does it make it an issue of spending money? No. Would you, should you spend $20,000 on an operation? Probably not. That might be about Hashkoshayla. You can't have misplaced mercy on misspending money that might be needed by Aniyim, uh, Yidin, who are hungry, and things like that. Spend that kind of money. How much is too much? That's, that's an individual shayla. Like this guy asked me. That guy, to his credit, ended up putting the dog to sleep. He did not, even though the vet was uh, good at what he did, he probably had genuine uh, mercy in his eyes or misplaced spend that kind of money. And the guy's explaining to him, I don't have an unlimited budget and I have uh, kids in yeshiva and whatever the case may be and I give tzaka. And he's also trying to make a panasa. Okay. But the guy said no. So what's the cutoff point? There are certain procedures. There's an animal hospital right here in Roof 59. still there. So they're, they're, it's a good, it's a very lucrative business. Are there situations where you could spend the money? For, yes. There's Sabachim. You've got to deal with it. Question is how much, and first you have to examine: Should you be housing this in your backyard, your premises, when people are going to get either hurt or scared? And it's not really their fault if they are scared. That's the point of the Yam Shlama. And Amit Hashem, we will continue next week. We are having before Meyer, before Slichas, actually Matzah Shabbos at twelve thirty. Divrei Aseris and Slichas will be at five two. We're going to put it on Zoom. And record it as well, hopefully. Sadiq, if you uh, are here. Call two of everyone. Have a good job. So, there should be, but... Um